Well, how about uh, Sunday roast at the Brindu? I know it's Wednesday, but I think they'll put up the Sunday roast on a Wednesday. That's why they're the Brindu. Splendid, splendid. Here comes my sound man, Nigel. Possibly a bit daft. Hello, Nigel. Yes, sir. Sir. Just a second, Nigel. All right, dear. I'll speak with you later. Love and kisses. Yes, Nigel. Sir. Yes, Nigel. Could I read a poem, sir? Well, could you read a poem? Mr. Ross. Hey, Douglas. Mr. Ross, would you mind if Nigel reads a poem to start off today's show? Go for it, Nigel. Yes, sir. Okay, Nigel, you've got the go-ahead. The red light is on. You're on. Best of luck. Read on. My name's Nigel, and this is a poem called When I Get a Job. When I get a job, I'll eat avocado toast with my tea. When I get a job, I'm going to upgrade the tires on my car. Drive up the river real far, watch the sun setting for fun, put down this crazy old gun. Take you right out on the town, buy you that slinky white gown. When I get a job, my smile will stretch ear to ear. I'll lay down to bed without fear, I'll start to view life much more clear. The Chinese masseuse is of use. She cooks for her Christmas a goose. She helps all my muscles get loose and keeps my neck out of the noose. When I get a job, I'll lay down without any fear. I'm wishing that you could be here. We would have a most excellent year. Hmm. Mr. Ross, you're the writer. What do you think of Nigel's poem? I liked it. I liked the imagery, the avocado toast with the tea, and um, the surprise of the gun and the gown, and of course the biggest uh, surprise, the Chinese masseuse with the Christmas goose and the neck out of the noose. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. Thank you, sir. Right. Very good, Nigel. Now let's get to Mr. Ross's work. Today we'll be, he will be reading chapters five and six. Chapters three and four, a goodbye from the mother, and then a hello from the drill sergeant. Mr. Ross, do you have anything to say about chapters five and six of Hard Water? Well, chapter five, he's at war, and he's already thinking about whether or not he can handle it, whether or not he's going to desert. Chapter six takes place after several months that he has been at battle, and this Chapter 6 is very short, sort of a snapshot of what goes through his mind as he is in battle. Right. Well, Mr. Ross, read on. Chapter 5. We are marching to the drumming of the coming of the day. We'll have rebel stew for supper when we dearly make them pay. We will bellow brightly as our banners bend and sway. We will fight with utter glory. We will utterly away into the depths of sights and sounds and smells of stinking hell today. Most of us thought this war would end quickly anyway, but it's clear we'll be in it for the long haul. All sorts of questions, many of them unanswered. Socks. We are fixated on our socks, hydration, our boots, and our mantra of efficiency in everything we do. No wasted movements. Every movement has a purpose. If it's purposeless, we do not move. If our speech is purposeless, we do not speak. 
Our staff sergeant spends a lot of time having us visualize the field of battle, the fiercely floating pink mist of human detritus, agony, screams, and howls. Can you stomach it, boys? He asks. How will you react when you see your first gut wound? The smell of battle, the smell of fear, death, desperation, and glory. Will you cut and run, or will you persevere? I wish we could stay in training forever, but I know by next week I'll be swallowed by the theater of war. I am courageous, however, I already feel the need to abandon this cause. I don't know if I can kill another American. I am only 18 years old. I've not been on this planet very long. I have a fiancé waiting for me back home in Cincinnati. That's the truth, Ruth. She came from Pennsylvania, so was partial to linen aprons festooned with images of roosters, peacocks, ravens, and crows. Keeps a Dutch hex sign above her pappy's barn door to ward off evil and entice fertility. She's got one brown and one blue eye. Her smile, her milking, stacking wood, hiding in the hayloft, playing hide-and-seek, her kisses, her scent. She bakes a mean shoe-fly pie, pickles, beets, cucumbers, and green beans, ferments green and purple cabbage to make sauerkraut, salts it lightly and leaves it to stew in a 55-gallon barrel in the basement for weeks. Pan fries buckwheat flapjacks, takes leftover oatmeal and forms it into patties and slaps them down on the skillet, sizzling butter browns them, drizzles maple syrup atop them, serves with a tall jar of raw milk and calls it mush. Told me ahead of time she forgives me, and God forgives me, for killing. In her last letter she writes, I will wait for you. I will wait for you. I will love you and hold you and keep everything well. There is nothing you need worry about. I am fine. Your mother's fine. The farm's fine. I love you. I love you. I love you. Keep your socks dry. Whittle. Read. Write. Anything to keep your mind off the holy hell. Kill when you have to. Quickly. Without a heavy heart. God loves you anyway. And so do I. Your ever-loving, Ruth. P.S. And so does Jasper, that little scamp, run off with a lamb shank Tuesday last and put his nose in the butter. Oh, the snake's come back and left its skin on the walnut limb. Don't you lose your trust in him. Chapter 6 Primordial disorder, sounds and scents and smells exploding in one overwhelming, all-encompassing ulterior reality in between pulsing life and pulsing death. Battle. Recurring images of oddly grasping insects dragging me down into the upturned and disturbed earth where the worms await. Strange, preachy, hollow-edged voices intoning such nonsense as the sense-making. Now let us join hands to claws with the one-eyed praying mantis and pray for one another just one more day. 
Explosions exploding, nerves, eardrums skipping, heartbeats blaring, eyes bugging, voices raw from scraping sounds and barks and commands and exhortations. Grief stricken yet alive. Sounds slight and sharp like screws spiraling through the porches of one ear and out the other side, slinging sharply tightened toughness but so afraid and not sure, not sure if, if the next one comes for me. Me, farm boy, city boy, 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 man, man, son, son, husband, husband, soldier, soldier, killer, killer, alive, alive, alive. To the sound of the one-eyed praying mantis claws and mandibles chomping in. To our tender eyelids, tender groins, waist, scrotums, necks. Next to our desperately bobbing Adam's apple. Time took, time took, took, took. Two, three, four, five, twenty-five, thirty, forty, one hundred, two, five hundred, eighty-six, infinitesimal souls up, up, and away from the fields of glory, fields of gore, fields of primordial disorder, disordering and ordering, decreasing and delineating life, death, and the in-between. But you still here with so much, so much, so much.